0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lakemount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. all right, all right, all right. You guys ready to get in the Word tonight? Yeah! Yeah. All right. Heard you guys had an awesome week last week. Pastor AJ bringing the heat. Brought the Word. It's so good. Uh, Pastor Lisa and I were in Brazil this time last week. Had an awesome time. And uh, yeah, we were Uh, ministering at a church there on the weekend, and then we were a part of uh, Ministers Fellowship. You guys were a part of the MFI Ministers Fellowship Conference here about a month ago-ish, five, six weeks ago. And uh, they had a a similar conference for uh, pastors that are part of that same network in Brazil while we were there. And so we got to take that in. And, man, God is moving all over the planet, and it's just so cool to see it and uh, to be a part of it here. And uh, that's amazing. I was speaking to... um, one of our ministry partners last night, yesterday was International Sunday, so we were just celebrating what God's doing all over the world. And uh, he was talking to me yesterday morning, he was preaching at a church uh, all the way in Barrie, Ontario. And uh, he was talking about this, this lady that was there uh, yesterday morning. She was an atheist, they were, like born into like a hardcore atheist home where it was like, discouraged to talk about god or faith or anything like that and she had just kind of you know grown up in that culture in her home and just you know had kind of closed herself off to everything having to do with god for her whole life and then she she was telling uh, this partnering ministry of ours she was telling um she was like then i had this thought what if i just started saying yes isn't that cool? She's like, Dominique got it. You guys are like, huh? Oh. And Dominique's like, whoa, heavy revvy. So um, so, <laughs> so, she's like, what if I just started saying yes? And so someone, uh, you know, said, would you like to come to church with me? And so, like, her hardwired programming was to say no. But she's like, well, oh, yes. So she shows up at church yesterday morning. And, uh, you know, our, our friend preaches the gospel and so it's like, you know, who here needs to give their life to Jesus? So she's like, I'm going to say yes. So she <laughs> says yes. So she goes, <laughs> she goes to the front, and he's talking with her. So you gave your life to Jesus? Like, yeah. And she's telling him this story. Like, I just decided what would start happening if I said yes. He's like, well, would you like to, you know, be filled with the Holy Spirit? And she's like, yes. <laughs> so he laid hands on her and prayed for her. And she got filled with the Holy Spirit. She started speaking in other tongues and fell over, and she's like, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. I was like, that's so cool. Someone had a thought. What if I just start saying yes? And the Bible calls that type of thought faith. That's what, that's what faith looks like. That's what faith sounds like. What if, what if I, dot dot, dot. What if? I started saying yes to God. What if I started saying yes to faith? She didn't realize it at the time, but God was actually activating her faith. Here's something really cool. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. You don't have to go there. I'll read it for you, and then you can trust me that it's in there. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, But rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Listen to this. In accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. What that means is every single person who's alive on the planet right now and every single person who has ever lived and ever will live, God has given to them. God has given to you. God has given to me. God has given every single person a measure of faith. And, and you can choose to put that faith in whatever you will. But when God starts drawing people to himself, they start asking themselves questions like, well, what would happen if I just start saying yes? Why don't, why don't I just start saying yes? And I do want you to take your Bibles and go with me to Mark chapter 5. That's in the New Testament. Again, let me remind you if you're going to use your phone as a Bible that for these next few moments together, please just use your phone as a Bible. Resist the urge to do all the other things that you can do on your phone, okay? Bubble Blaster, Instagram, TikTok, all of it, just leave it, okay? Let's go Bible, amen? Amen. Okay, yes, little pastor pants moment there, but just let's stick into the Bible, okay? Anything else you wanna use it for? You can use the Notes app if you would like to take a few notes, that's always good, okay? But God begins to work in us by faith, and I want us just to work through uh, I, I just I love this passage of scripture. Mark chapter 5 is kind of a two-for-one miracle story. We're going to zero in on one, one part of this miracle story where Jesus is walking down the street and, and faith starts to be released in people. How do I know? Because people start approaching Jesus and asking him for things that you don't ask people normally. Like, you know, beggars might ask for some money, or, or you might ask someone for directions, or for time, or, or something like that. But people start walking up to Jesus, and they're actually asking him for things that, humanly speaking, are impossible. And when you start thinking about impossible things as possible, you can be sure of this, God is stirring faith. And so even just a few moments ago, while we're in that atmosphere of worship and we're singing the word, we're singing the prayer of Jesus that's recorded for us in scripture. Suddenly we're in this room and we're asking God to bring peace into the storm of our lives, which is it's that's not a normal way of thinking or a normal ask that you would ask of anyone else. Only Jesus is the one who could speak into your storm and, and declare peace into it in such a way that you would know, hey, I'm at, I'm at peace now. This thing is changing because I asked God to intervene on my behalf. And so in Mark chapter 5, like I said, there's just two for one. I want us to just take a look at, at kind of, we start out with the first request and then it gets interrupted. Mark chapter 5 verse 21 says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake. A large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. And then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. And seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. So just picture this. This, this is kind of the bonus part because I want to zero on the second half of this story. But a synagogue ruler. So a religious uh, Jew, like an observant Jew who's, who's a leader in the Jewish faith sees Jesus and he's got a desperate situation at home he you know sometimes people try to keep their cool and just maintain the look until it's really desperate and then it doesn't matter anymore it doesn't matter what it looks like like this guy had everything going for him to just you know try to keep things you know keep everybody coming to synagogue but when Jesus came along and his daughter was dying it was like There's one person that I need to get involved in my circumstance, and it's him. And he comes to Jesus, and without any pomp and circumstance, he comes in humility. If you could picture it as we just read it, he falls at the feet of Jesus, and he pleads with him, he begs him earnestly, Would you please come and put your hands on my daughter so that she will be healed and lived? Listen, that's what faith sounds like. Who asked somebody, would you come and just put your... He's, Jesus wasn't a doctor, wasn't a scientist. He, he, was, he wasn't walking around, you know, with a medicine bag. It was, there's something on you that is supernatural, and my natural circumstance can't be met by natural means. It requires the supernatural intervention of God. And when Jesus is in the room, and as we're here tonight... God, by his Holy Spirit, is in this room while we worship. The presence of God fills this room. And in the same way, faith starts to get stirred. What could God do in my life? Not that we come greedy or just thinking about ourselves, but as we focus on him, we start to recognize all the possibilities and all the options are in the God who made everything. And so Jairus falls and he says, would you please come? And put your hands on my daughter so that she'll be healed and live. He's talking about laying on of hands for healing. Not medical techniques, supernatural impartation of healing. That's carried in Jesus because he is the healer. And so he says, would you just come and touch her so that she'll, she'll live? Verse 24, so Jesus went with him and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Here's where I want us to zero in on what happens next. Verse 25, and a woman was there. Who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Okay, so let's let's just stop and assess the scene. So Jesus is walking down the street, and the atmosphere that surrounds Jesus is one that provokes. Uh, uh, an internal conversation. When you get into the presence of God, it it matters the way that you think. And so Jairus is in the presence of Jesus and he thinks to himself, I need to ask him to come and put his hands on my daughter who is sick so that she'll be healed and she'll live. And Jesus consents and as he's walking, there's this atmosphere of faith. If you can picture it, everyone's, it's not a bandwagon. It's like people are being stirred up on the inside. Like being near Jesus is the right place to be. And so they're walking with him, and then as they're walking, the Bible tells us that there's a, a huge crowd that's pressing around him. So this is like, this is like leaving the ACC after a concert. Like, it's just, it's just packed. It's a crush of people going down a narrow street in the ancient Middle East. And so they're walking down the street, and then there's this woman there who's been subject to bleeding, is how the Bible puts it. She's been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, that's Bible code language for she had, like, a menstrual cycle that just never cycled. Like, she had a period that was more of an underline, you know. I don't know if that's okay to say, but I said it. So, like, she, okay, like, this just wasn't ending, okay. It was a comma. Like, it was just like, okay, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to punctuate what I'm saying. Okay, but, okay, so... Okay, so now we get the awkward out of the room. So she's she's got she's got this menstrual cycle that won't stop. Now, that's a problem on a number of levels. Let me unpack it for you. So obviously, the the low-hanging fruit is that's a problem physically, because that means that she's constantly losing blood. That's a that's a physical illness that is creating weakness in her. She She is ill. She would be frail, she would be pale. And and she would, you know, she would be suffering from that. It would be make, making her constantly weak. Now, add into that that this is, in a Jewish culture, she is understood that when, when a woman in the Old Testament, what was said, and again, like, I know this is New Testament, but the New Covenant breaks open when Jesus goes to the cross. So this is still under Old Testament law and Old Testament custom. So in the Old Testament... When a woman was having her period, she was considered ceremonially unclean. That meant that she had to kind of separate herself from family and community during that time. I know, ladies, don't get at me. It's just I'm telling you how it was, okay? And she wasn't allowed to to touch even the male members of her family and wasn't allowed, okay, to go to synagogue. That's how it was. She was considered Ceremonially unclean. So now, she is. She's got a physical problem, but she also has a spiritual problem because she's cut off by design from spiritual community, not because, um, not 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 in the normal way of something that's cyclical, but it was nonstop. So for twelve years she's been bleeding. She's physically weak, but she's also spiritually cut off from community she's socially cut off as well because the social spiritual construct of the ancient jewish culture was it was intertwined the political system like when you read the gospels and you're like why did the like why did the pharisees why were they the ones making laws and you know kind of running culture almost politically. Well, because the political spiritual culture was such that it was intertwined. So this woman is, she's got a physical problem. She's she's ill, she's weak, she's frail. She's got a spiritual problem because she can't get to synagogue. She can't be in that in that time anywhere near uh, the presence of God and the place of prayer with other people. She's socially cut off because of this. She's not allowed to touch any man. She's not allowed to, she's, she's, she's considered unclean. And then the Bible says, we just read it, she spent all of her money on trying to get better, and it didn't work. We just read it. She spent all that she had. That's what it says. She spent all she had, and yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So let's just back out of this, give this like the 10,000-foot view. Any one of these issues is a problem. But this girl's got problems on problems on problems on problems. Spiritual, social, physical. Social, emotional. She's she's cut off. Okay, so, so the testimony of Jesus reached her. How do we know? Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, there was a reputation that preceded Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because, verse 28, she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. So the testimony of Jesus and the atmosphere of faith that surrounded Jesus provoked a thought in her. And this is amazing what she does Because she'd been disappointed many times. She'd been disappointed time and again for 12 years. And there may have been some well-meaning doctors. There also may have been some doctors that were just like, this is easy money. And promised things that they couldn't actually deliver on. But this woman has been disappointed. Every time she went to get well, it didn't work. And yet, when she got into the presence of Jesus, she had a thought. Somebody say, she had a thought how you think in the presence of god matters because she could have thought about how hard her life was she could have just thought about all of her troubles and then she could have thought out of that place she could have thought pity thoughts connected to jesus and sometimes we have pity thoughts that we connect to jesus and we think it's faith but according to this text as you'll see it's not what faith looks like it's not what it sounds like it's not it's not how faith moves and what do I mean by pity thoughts connected to Jesus? She could have thought, well, if Jesus wants to heal me, he can heal me. That's not faith. If you think that's faith, like, that's not faith. Like, well, if Jesus wants to, he can. That's not faith. Like, like, well, you know, if Elliot wants to give me a million dollars, he can. Well, that's not faith. If you want to give me a million dollars, Elliot, I'm wide open. I know, just, Okay, so it's not just if God wants to she could have she could have you know just thought well you know if if jesus is really a miracle worker then a miracle will just happen but that's not faith that's passivity that's being passive okay and how do you know it's passive is that it puts all of the action on god's side that's when you know you're not moving in faith at all is when everything that is required that that you're believing for, if what you're believing for all has to happen on God's side, you know you're not moving in faith. So you're like, so Pastor Matt, are you saying like there's like something that we have to do? I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying if you want to move by faith, if you want to move by, how many want to move by faith? How many want to live by faith? Okay, so if you want to live by faith, then yes, I'm saying there's some stuff you got to do. It can't just be, well, if God wants to, he can. Because that's not how faith moves. That's not how faith talks. That's not how faith acts. And we know that because Jesus speaks to her about her faith in just a few moments. Spoiler alert. Okay, that's coming. But here, she has a thought when she's in the presence of Jesus. And that thought moves her to action. Everybody say action. The thought doesn't remain a thought, and it doesn't keep her just closed in on herself, just going, eh, if God wants to, or if he's really a miracle worker, you know, it, you know he'll call me out. He'll, he'll be like, there's a lady here who's been bleeding for 12 years. Where are you? I've got a word for you. Like, she could have said that, but she didn't. She had a thought, and the thought was, if I touch him, If I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just reach out and touch his pant leg, I know that I'll be healed. That thought is what faith sounds like. She had a thought when she got into the presence of Jesus. If I could just touch him, I'd be healed. Now, what well, we don't fully appreciate, like it's, it's an amazing story just on the face of it. But when we again re-immerse ourselves in the cultural context, she's not supposed to touch any man while she's ceremonially unclean. Much less she's not supposed to touch a rabbi, which is how Jesus was regarded. How do we know? Because Jairus, the synagogue ruler, just said, "Teacher." Teacher means rabbi in in the Hebrew language. He just said, Rabbi, come and touch my daughter. They saw him as a teacher, and he was. They saw him as a prophet, and he was. They saw him as a healer, and he was. He was all that, and he was God in the flesh, and the kingdom of God comes with the king. And so Jesus is walking with the kingdom inside of him. And every time he touched somebody, the Bible says that he would often say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Or another way of putting it is, the kingdom of God looks like this. And he would touch a blind person and they would see him. And be like, That's what the kingdom's like. The kingdom of God looks like this. And someone who's like, you know, demonized, wow, you know, Jesus touches them and they, you know, Green and they're like, oh, I feel better. You know, like Jesus delivers people and heals people. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. This is the testimony that reached her ears. And something stirred in her, it's called faith. Something stirred in her. What if I touched him? Then I wouldn't have to trouble him. And I wouldn't put him in an awkward spot of knowing that he has to touch someone who's ceremonially unclean. But I know that there's something on him that needs to get on me. And I'm convinced that what's on me can't make him unclean, but what's on him could make me clean. That's what faith sounds like. And that's how faith acts. And so, now you have to picture, because again, she's weak. She's frail. And so she's... she's down on her knees, again, picture it like the, the game just let out at the ACC. It's a crush of people, m- people moving, bustling around, trying to get in on the action, listening to what's happening. Are we going to Jairus' household? I've heard his daughter's sick. What's going to happen? Everyone's just buzzing. And this lady gets down on her knees, and she's crawling through this crowd that could give you a bleeding condition. And she presses forward because there's a thought in her head. If I could just touch him. If I could just touch him. Verse 29 says, immediately. Somebody say immediately. Do you know what immediately means? Right away. It's like immediately. Can you define immediately without using the word immediately? Right now. She touched him and immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So she was sick, she's bleeding, and she felt sick for 12 years. And when she gets in the presence of Jesus, she has a thought. That thought is the measure of faith that God gave to her. What if I touched him? She's not supposed to touch him, but she had this thought. So she crawls through the crowd and touches him. And immediately as she touches the hem of his garment, she feels healing come into her body. Now, come on, just like if you've heard this before, pretend you haven't. That's amazing. Like, that's amazing. She touched his pant leg. And she's like, whoa. Like, she's got this idea. What if I touch his pant leg? Now, I don't want any girls moving on this. This is a Bible story. Okay. <laughs> but, hey, what if I touch the hem of his garment? And when she did. So it's like faith wasn't just if God wants to touch me, but I'm going to reach out and touch him. I'm talking to you guys about how to touch Jesus yeah. in faith. What if I touched him? And so as she's thinking on that, she doesn't just think it. It's almost like she could picture it. It's almost like in her mind, she was like, I could see that working. And before she put it to a committee or debated with herself or anyone else, she just acted on it. And she crawls through this huge crowd and touches Jesus' pants, touches his pant leg. And immediately, she feels the pain leave her body, And she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. What does that mean? That means the thought she had, the idea she had, was the right one. That was the right thought. That was the right idea. It means that she had a God idea. Ever thought of that? That maybe some of the things that you contemplate when you get into the presence of God, maybe it's a God idea? Like, let me ask you a question. Why do you think this story is in the Bible? Like, is it just to tell us what happened? I don't think so. Like, I don't think that the Bible is written so that we can go, isn't this cool, what happened a long time ago? Isn't that amazing? Let's just think about it. Wow, that's so cool. I'm very encouraged for that lady who I don't even know what her name was, but cool for her. If that's you, good for you. For me, I think... The whole reason this is in the Bible is to show us the way that faith works. It's to show us who Jesus is. It's to show us what he does, not what he did. It's to show us how he moves. It's to show us how faith responds and how faith touches Jesus. She had a thought, and that was faith. Faith imprints in your heart and your mind like a thought. Like, like you're in the presence of God tonight, and you're like, I should, I should go to the front and get on my knees. I, 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 should, I should dance. I should pray with my friend, or I should, you know, I should ask my waiter, you know, can, can I pray with you? I should, I should, you're in the presence of God, like, I should stop looking at porn. Like, I, I know I'm not supposed to, but I kind of just, indul- but I'm feeling like that needs to end right now. I I should, should, should make time to worship not just on a Monday night or a Sunday morning. I should make time to worship at home. Like in the presence of God, there are thoughts that come. Have you ever thought maybe what you're thinking is a God thought? I don't know if you've thought that before. But that's what faith acts like. And that's how faith moves. What if I just touch the hem of his garment? And then she acts on it. And then when she does, immediately she feels the suffering leave her body. Verse 30 says this, at once. So, okay, now we've got immediately, and now we have in the synonym of the thesaurus, the next verse says at once, which at once means immediately. Immediately. So at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? Okay, so I just love picturing stories because this for me is actually kind of funny. But it's it's also amazing because in this verse, we see... Jesus, okay, the Bible tells us theologically, here's what we understand of who Jesus is. He's fully God and he's fully human. Fully God, fully man. That's who Jesus is, okay? But in order to really be fully man, Jesus had to lay aside the independent use of some of the relative attributes of what it is to be God because you couldn't claim to be fully human if you knew everything or you were everywhere all the time, right? Or you just had like God powers blasting out of you all of the time. So you're like, well, wait a second. Are you saying that he wasn't God? No, he's fully God and he's fully man. Well, then how did Jesus do the miracles that he was doing if he wasn't that he was God? Well, I'm not saying he's not God. He's God. But the way that Jesus did his miracles, he didn't. Philippians 2 tells us he didn't He didn't use his deity to his advantage. Well, now we got to read the Bible a little bit different. So you mean the Bible's not just saying that God came to, the, to earth to show off as a human. Like, hey, you guys suck. Watch this. I'm going to calm a storm. <laughs> so what was Jesus doing? Well, now you look at, at the prayer life of Jesus. And you look at how Jesus actually in humility said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my father say. And he spent time regularly in prayer. And we've talked about this before, but like when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the river, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came on him like a dove. In other words, Jesus Christ, Christ isn't his last name, Christ is his title, he's anointed. The anointing comes on him. Okay? Okay. So the Spirit of God comes on him. So in this verse, what we see is this really cool tension between the divinity and the humanity of Christ because he feels power go out of him, which is cool to me. It's just like Jesus has like a power level that he can feel. Like he's like, you know, like the, the battery level on his phone. is like, what was that? So he feels power going out of him. And in his humanity, he's curious who touched my clothes? Now, the funny part is, the Bible says it's like this huge crowd. Again, picture the ACC after the game. Everyone's just, you know, going out, and there's like just crowds of people. And Jesus is like, who touched my clothes? And was like, Jesus, are you okay? Like, do you need a Snickers? Like, are you all right? Who touched my clothes? Seriously? Like, maybe everyone? I don't know. Like right now, who's touching your clothes right now? Who touched my clothes? Verse 31, you see the people crowding against you as disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? And Jesus is looking at them like, "Uh, yeah, I can. I'm Jesus. I can ask what I want. Okay, so then, Jesus. Jesus keeps looking around, verse 32, to see who had done it. And then the woman, verse 33, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet. So same posture as Jairus. She comes and she falls at his feet. Submission. and Trembling with fear. We'll get to this in a second. Why is she afraid? Trembling with fear, she tells him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So, Jesus is walking fully God, fully man. He's not using his deity to his advantage. So he's operating as an anointed man. And as he's walking in the anointing, there's someone who's moving by faith. Faith touches the anointing. The question of the disciples wasn't a dumb question. It's a legit question how can you ask who touched you? Like everyone in this vicinity has touched you at one moment. Like what do you mean who touched you? And Jesus is like, I'm not talking about just brushing against me or just touching me in some natural passive way. I'm saying someone reached through and apprehended what's on me by faith. The God thought the faith thought in your heart in an atmosphere of the presence of God can actually move through the natural realm of just being at 54 North Service Road in Grimsby and you can actually pray let heaven come and heaven will come. You can actually in faith touch Jesus in a way that what's on Him could get into you. Because faith touches the anointing. Faith touches heaven. Faith touches his heart. Technically speaking, the disciples are right. I don't know who touched you, Jesus, like the last 300 people that just walked down this street. Yeah, but there was more than that. I felt power go out from me. Here's what I want you to get. Jesus, in this moment, insisted on a testimony. What if what God has done for you isn't just for you? What if what God is doing in your life right now isn't just so you can be blessed? What if what God has done for you is actually so that you could open your mouth and say, here's what God's done for me? Jesus insisted on a testimony. And like... Technically speaking, this lady snuck a miracle out of the Jesus' pant leg. She could have just gone home and been like, yes. not bleeding anymore. And no one knows who did it. <laughs> she could have, right? But she didn't. She stayed in the presence of Jesus and Jesus stopped. So if you can kind of picture this crowd as, you know, everyone's just pressing around and moving, and this lady, you know, crawls through, she touches Jesus' pants, and he goes, whoa! And it's just like everyone's just like bum 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 bum. And he's like, Who touched me? Uh lots of no, 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 no. Someone touched me in faith. And I'm not going to keep walking until somebody says, What happened? And the lady comes trembling. Why? Because in that era, a ceremonially unclean woman touching a teacher was a criminal act, it was punishable. And for her to say, it was me, would give every man in that vicinity the right to pick up a stone and be like, you don't get to touch a rabbi. You're ceremonially unclean. And so not only did she have a God thought and faith that said, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. But then she responds in trust because faith also looks like trust. She responds in trust. That if Jesus is insisting on my testimony, I'm going to overcome my fear and I'm going to share it. I wonder if there's anyone in this room that needs to overcome some fear and testify who Jesus is. What if what Jesus has done in you and is doing in you isn't just for you? And so now she's trembling with fear and she comes forward. And she can't hide the evidence. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just saying, like people would have known the clothes that she would have worn and how she would have covered herself and extra fabric that she would have brought with her. Everyone would have known what her condition was. And she stands up and she says, it was me. And the Bible says that Jesus got her to tell the whole story. So imagine now, everyone's standing there going, she stands up and she's like, I, I touched you. And everyone's like, oh, what's he going to do? Should we go get some rocks? What's going to happen? It was like a, like a car accident. Everyone's slowing down just to see, is anybody dead in there? People are weird. And she's like, uh-huh, keep going. Picture, can you picture, picture the freedom in her, I, I picture her weeping as she says, um, like everything that Mark just told us, he didn't know that, someone had to tell her. I think he was foreshadowing what she said. She goes, okay, it was me. Um, so I've, I've had like a menstrual cycle that hasn't stopped. I know I'm ceremonially unclean. It's been this way for 12 years. I haven't stopped bleeding. I've spent every penny on doctors, and instead of getting better, I got worse. I haven't been able to go to synagogue. I haven't been able to hug my dad or my brothers. I've been cut off from everything. But then I I heard you were coming. And I had this thought. If I could just touch the hem of your garment, I'll be be healed. So I did. And when I touched you, everything changed. I could feel healing come into my body. I just, I pictured Jesus just like, yeah, I could feel power going out of my clothes. And they're like having this moment. And I was like. <laughs> and he dignifies her. And he says, daughter. Think about it. She's been cut off from family. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Me- meaning what? If you have a positive outlook, you're going to get better? No, no, no. Faith needs to be put into something or someone. People have distorted this text and made it like, if you can believe hard enough, you'll get whatever you want from God. That's called like prosperity, name it and claim it. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Faith has to be in somebody. Your faith, your faith in what? In me. Your faith in me, your willingness to move in obedience to the thought in the moment of my presence has healed you. Be free. Be free from your suffering. Would you close your eyes? I want us to pray together. What kind of thoughts do you have when you come into a place like this tonight? Like what kind of things stir in your heart as you gather here on a Monday night to worship? or on a Sunday morning to worship you you step through these doors we can think like the crowd i'm just getting in on the crowd i'm i'm glad to be near jesus i'm i'm glad to be in on the action on the jesus action i'm just i'm a part of the action or we could dial in the frequency to faith and like this woman think God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do through my life? What do you want to do in me? And if you haven't had that thought, I'm preaching to you tonight to provoke that thought in you. Don't just come to the house of God with a natural filter. Who might I meet? Who might I see? What songs will they sing? How long will it go? Will we have pizza after? Don't just come. Just thinking only on that plane. But even now, while we're sitting in this room and we're just closing our eyes just to shut in with God for these few moments as we let Him take His word and now by His Spirit just begin to provoke in us God thoughts begin to provoke in us. See, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing actually comes by the word of God. So right now, as the word's been preached, God thoughts are available in the room. What if I just touched the hem of his garment? What if I just pressed into God just a little bit more? In fact, there might even be some people here tonight that, as this word is being preached, you might actually be feeling the stirring of faith to like, I I need to know Jesus like everyone else in this room knows Jesus. I want to know Jesus. Like I, I I want to move from the sidelines. I want to move from the crowd that's just kind of getting in on the Jesus action to being on my knees like Jairus or being on my knees like this woman and reaching out and touching Jesus by faith. I I I need to maybe, you know, not like her needing to be cleansed from a physical illness, but I need to be cleansed from my sin. From the stuff that I'm doing that is just pleasing me, but not pleasing God. And when I get into this place and get into the presence of God, I'm aware that I'm unclean and He is clean. And that if I could touch Him by faith, could cleanse me. What if that God thought is percolating in you right now? What should you do with it? Well, the Bible says this, that that's actually how you hear the voice of God. Those those God thoughts, that's the voice of God. God can speak in innumerable ways. But He's not restricted to the way that you and I speak. Hearing God isn't like hearing me. It's not like God is restricted to speaking in an audible voice for the spiritually elite but God will sometimes imprint a thought and be like that's that's me. I need to be saved. I need to be cleansed. I need to be brought into the family of God. I need to be what the Bible says, actually born again. Like you might be 23 years old and feel like, man, I've I have I have been through the manure heap of this world. I feel spent already and I've got good news for you. God doesn't want to just clean you. He wants to actually see you be born again, like you could, you could start over tonight by faith. What do I do? Well, today, the Bible says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. In other words, don't put it off and be like, well, I don't know what to do about that. I'm going to tell you what to do about that. It's not my thought. It's the Bible thought. It's what God says. Bible says, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. What's hardening your heart? It's, it's pushing aside that conviction and pushing aside that thought. It's worrying more about what people think than about what God thinks. It's about thinking all about yourself instead of thinking about what God's wanting to do in you. Don't harden your heart. But Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says that if you would say out loud with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead... That simple act of faith, the words spoken from a heart of faith, like the woman, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, the action that's inspired by faith, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So what's what's God's part? He's going to save you, but what's your part? You've got to confess. You've got to say, you've got to admit, I can't keep living for me. I've got to live for him. There has to be a willingness to confess Him as Lord, not as Savior. Everybody wants a Savior, but Jesus actually says, I want to be Lord. Meaning what? I I want to show you how to live. You don't know how to do it. I do. I want to show you how to live. I want to be Lord. The byproduct of Lordship is salvation. We don't come for salvation. We come for Lordship. Jesus, I give you my life. And I confess that you're, you're God. And you could start me over. And I want to touch you by faith. I want to pray a prayer. Confessing you as the Lord of my life. Well, when could you do that? Well, you could do that right now. And so in this moment, I, I just, I want to provide that opportunity. If you're here tonight and that's you. God's speaking to your heart. You're feeling that God thought of, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need him to be my Lord. Then don't harden your heart. Don't move past this moment. But if that's you, I want you in th- right now, I want you just to lift your hand so that I can pray with you. If that's you, you need to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Yes, one, two, three, four. Is there anyone else? Five. Six. Seven. Yeah, I just, I need to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. You can put your hand down if I've acknowledged it. To be anyone else, I need to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Jesus start me over I want to I know I need to be born again I know I need you to be the Lord of my life so I'm moving towards you in faith last call is there anyone else maybe you need to recommit yeah nine nine Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's the work of the Spirit in you. He's putting a measure of faith in you and he's pulling on it. And so God thought, that's for me. I need to do that. It's not an old story. It's happening right now. I could touch him, he could change everything. I want every person in this room, I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Would you keep your eyes closed? You can open them while you stand just so you don't fall over, but then we're going to pray. I want every believer in this room, I want you to pray with me. And I want those of you that just lifted your hand, I want you to pray out loud. We're, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to repeat this after me. And those who have prayed this prayer before, I'm going to ask you to pray again because what I want you to do is is join with those who are coming in to the kingdom tonight. It's like 10 young adults in this room tonight, which by the way, heaven's having a party right now because of people coming into the kingdom of God. So let's, let's just agree with God. Go ahead, close your eyes. And I want you, would you pray this out loud with me? Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're speaking to me. And I thank you that I can hear your voice. And I hear you calling me to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus. So I confess, Jesus is Lord. God raised Him from the dead. And I believe that in my heart. And upon this confession of faith, I believe that in this moment, You're making me new. I'm being born again. You're giving me a new nature. You're giving me a new heart. You're washing away all of my sin. You're washing away all of my mistakes. You're washing away all the injury. All of the things that have happened to me. And you're giving me a fresh start. Holy Spirit, come and fill me with a love for Jesus, with a love for the Father, with a love for your word, with a love for your house, and make me more like Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Isn't that amazing tonight? Okay, if you prayed that prayer tonight, and and you really meant that in your heart, I'm going to ask you to meet with me and Pastor Lisa. We're going to be up here at the front in just a few moments. But we're also, I just want to open this altar. That's what we call this front area for prayer. It's a place to meet with God. You're like, I can meet with God here. I know. But there's, there's something about the action, right? Like we heard tonight, there's something about the action of faith. Ah, if Jesus wants to heal me, yeah, that's not really faith. But what if... What if I really wanted to just reach out and touch the Lord? I feel like God wants to release courage into some people tonight, wants to help you to learn how to just like get over your fear, share your testimony, do a deep work in you. You know, the last verse of the next chapter, we're in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 6 verse 56 says that everywhere Jesus went, people tried to touch him so that they could be healed. Where did they get that idea? This lady. The testimony Jesus insisted on became a new point of access for people to encounter the presence of God. What if what God wants to do in you tonight isn't just for you, but it's for your friends, for your coworkers, for people you're in school with, or wherever your circle of life is right now. What if God wants to meet with you? I happen to believe that he does. If we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. So could we just take a few moments? If you want to just seek the Lord, would you just leave your seat and just just come and get up here to this altar? Let's just take a few minutes. And just like that woman, I'm just going to press through the crowd. I'm, I'm not making a show of it, but I am going to get to that altar. I'm going to just call on God. Even if it's just a few, but you know what? I, I just feel like there's an opportunity for us to just press past whatever. You know, the pizza can wait. We'll, you can have pizza anytime. But like, we're just going to press through and meet with Jesus by faith. like just going to get on my knees in the presence of God. And if you prayed that prayer tonight, for the first time or for a recommitment, Pastor Lisa and I are just going to stand right here, front and center. And if, if you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, I want you to come and just meet with us. We want to pray with you, follow up with you. But let's just take a few moments. Kenneth's going to just lead us in some gentle worship. This is like the, you know, the official ending. It's unofficial. If you need to go, you can go. If you want to linger and worship, do that. If you want to come and pray, come and pray. But this is our chance to just press in and touch Jesus and touch him by faith. Amen. So thanks for coming tonight. And uh, we're just going to linger here. All right. Thanks for listening to the Lake Mount Young Adults podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountYA. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon.